I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. One is Mark and John's the other. They're just friends. They are not lovers. It's two old queens. It's two old queens. They're just sassy, not that mean. Two old queens. It's two old queens. Now shut up. Hello. Welcome to Two Old Queens. I'm John Flynn. I'm Mark Rennie. Oh, Mark, I am so excited for our guest this week. Please let everyone know who's joining us. I will. He's a Nebula award-winning author whose Excuse books me. include The Art of Starving, Destroy All Monsters, Blackfish City, and his newest is The Blade Between. And he also just wrote the cover story for the new issue of Vogue Italia. Hello, it's Sam Hello. J. Miller. Yay. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, what a, what a world. What, what a world. <laughs> So who is on this cover of Vogue Italia that you wrote the cover story? So it it's really cool. They did seven different covers. It's the animal issue. So um, there's seven different covers. Five of them feature animals, just like animal photography as part of a partnership with the WWF Italia, which is not the World Wrestling Federation anymore. <laughs> um, but the World Wildlife Foundation. Um, and then there's also two um, art fo photographers that include, I think it's, I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's the first time that they've had a all upcycled brand um, fa oh. fashion fashion brand on their cover. So it's a cool issue. Um, it's all about animals and their inspiration. And so um, I wrote a story called Occupy Vogue Italia about an animal uprising. Um, and Ugh. here we are. You know, it's like you can never get mad. I'm never mad at like a when an elephant stampedes at a circus. You right? know, you got to root for the elephant like you know? they've had it. It's like, don't, don't, peanuts. 
Right. Don't uh, subject um, really smart, really strong creatures to unspeakable suffering if you don't want to get trampled. Or even dumb ones. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Here in LA, people are always like, you always got to root for the, like, you know, on the Nextdoor app where people are like narking on their neighbors, but they're uh -huh. always, people are going like, oh, there's a coyote around. Like, well, yeah, that, this is where they live. <laughs> right. Like, what are we supposed to do? Like, right. we're, the, we're the Johnny come lately's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of Brooke Bolander, who wrote a uh, book called The Only Harmless Great Thing, which is about animal uh, elephant stampede um, and uh, oh. revenge. And it's really good. So I always, you know, when elephant stampedes <laughs> pop up in conversation, I always make it a point to, to hype Strive that book. As they often do. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I also don't think we should be swimming with dolphins. I don't care if it's a spiritual experience for you. I don't think that's I mean, right. Oh, you know? you've never done it, I guess. Have you done it, John? <laughs> I did when I was in Hawaii. I, I did oh, my go God, you monster. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lay a hand on them. <laughs> Is that what you're supposed to do, though? No, I did. I did sort of pet one of them, but he came up to me. They're oh, also racist choice. dolphins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. That's true. Right. <laughs> that's true. Now, Sam, are you a, before we get into the movie itself, are you a fan overall of uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, the book? I am. I am a huge fan of it. I think it's an amazing book, which I, is not like a blanket statement about the classic horror novels, because I did reread re Dracula recently, and I was like, oh, this is kind of shitty. It's like, a I slog. Kinda, <laughs> I kind of hate this. Yeah, yeah, it's a slog, and there's only one interesting character in the book, and that's Dracula, and Dracula really only gets one scene, like yeah, one speech in the whole book, and then the rest, it's just like people freaking out, like, my virginal Christianity is, <laughs> is, is imperiled by, you know, so. So Dracula is like Meryl Streep in Mamma Mia 2, essentially, just yeah, shows just up a, at the end. Sure. You'll have to take my word for <laughs> I it. I didn't see it. Um, <laughs> no, it, yeah, exactly. It's like, the, like Bram Stoker didn't get what every filmmaker has gotten, which is that Dracula is the only only interesting character in this story and so um you know right. like the great movies are like like no one's rooting for Keanu Reeves in 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 Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula movie like Francis Dracula Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yes, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I'm a huge fan. I think it's a brilliant book. It's it's a super queer book, honestly. Um, and I think that the the movie is just such a brilliant way of getting at. It's like in a great example of how classical Hollywood could be queer as hell. Can I say that f word? Uh, can be queer as <laughs> queer as fuck. Um, in in Not a way that, that like. We thought, <laughs> oh, say, we thought you were say queer as folk. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a great example of how Hollywood could be super queer in a way that no one would get if they weren't meant to get it. And she was like a teenager when she wrote it, which is She was insane. 19, that's crazy. She, she was 19 and she wrote it after hanging out with her bisexual husband and his bisexual boyfriend um, and having a ghost story contest. And they were all like, you know, convinced they were the great writers and, and her story is the one that still holds up and still has, you know, stuff to offer us and is still being made into movies and stuff. Oh, so is that like why they had that prequel that sort of like first yes. in this movie? Yes, exactly. Okay. It's it's uh it's sort of like uh grounding in the, the with the real um mm -hmm. you know the real roots of, of the, the the famous legend is that uh Percy Shelley, uh Lord Byron and Mary Shelley were in their you know um palatial <laughs> castle escape. on a on a cliff castle, right yeah <laughs> castle on a cliff in the thunderstorm Airbnb uh, <laughs> and uh decided to you know challenge each other to tell ghost stories and she won. Um 
um, and and that's the, that's what's come down to us as as Frankenstein. Although it took you know it wasn't public, it couldn't be published for years, and then it was published anonymously and was only very very belatedly published under her own name. Well, speaking oh. of her name and who she was married to, <laughs> we're talking about the Bride of Frankenstein, the movie. John, what's the deal with the Bride of Frankenstein? Mark, let me tell you the deal with The Bride of Frankenstein. It was directed by James Whale, based off a screenplay by William Hurlbut and John L. Balderson. And Dr. Frankenstein and his monster both turn out to be alive, and Dr. Frankenstein wants to get out of the evil experiment business. But when, when Dr. Petrorius, a mad scientist, kidnaps his bride-to-be, Dr. Frankenstein agrees to help him create a new creature, a woman, to be the companion of the monster. Boris Karloff returns as the monster, and Elsa Lancaster is both Mary Shelley and the titular character. Colin Clive reprises his role as Henry Frankenstein, and Ernest Thesiger plays the role of Dr. Septimus Petrorius. It was released on April 20th, 1935, and it grossed over $2 million off a budget of $397,000. And it is widely regarded as one of the greatest sequels in cinematic history, with many considering it to be an improvement on the original Frankenstein. The New York Times called it a first-rate horror film and said Karloff was so splendid in the role that all one can say is that he is the monster. And it was nominated for one Academy Award for Best Sound Recording. And in the decades since its release, modern film scholars have noted the possible queer reading of the film, perceiving gay subtext and camp sensibility, particularly in the characters of Pretorius and his relationship with Henry. And that is the deal with The Bride of Frankenstein. So Sam, we asked you to pick a movie. Why The Bride of Frankenstein? Well, it is, for my legit money, the, the gayest movie ever. It's really <laughs> campy. It's really ridiculous. It is like, you know, it's made by a gay director, um, the two male leads, well, not the two male leads because not Karloff, but um, the actor who plays the doc, uh, Dr. Frankenstein and Dr. Pretorius were both bisexual. Um, you know, there's openly gay characters in the film, the Lord Byron and Percy Shelley. Um, there's obvious t subtext in the relationships. There's actually like multiple gay relationships in the, in the movie because um, <laughs> there's a sequence where the, the monster who's been, um, you know, chased out of society is in the woods and he meets this blind hermit and they become friends and there's some very touching tender embraces um <laughs> that happen um uh so yeah i think it's a really gay movie with i mean it's also scary as hell it's really great filmmaking really great writing really funny in in a lot of really clever ways that i think it's a very hard needle to thread um so it's camp it's it's queer it's scary it's um you know, iconic, uh, iconic monster, uh, some of the best lines in, in any horror film ever. Um, most notably the monster saying at the end, we belong dead, um, <laughs> still I mean. sends chills down my uh, spine. Um, so yeah, I'm ready to go for the mat, go to the mat for the Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> All right, we love Exciting. to hear it. All John, right. what's your... Uh... John, what's your backstory with Bride of Frankenstein? You've seen it before? I had seen it before. I actually rewatched it randomly uh, this past Halloween, but then was happy to watch it again. Mm. I agree. I think it's great. I think it is really funny. I not super. That, that's not the. That shouldn't be how you lead with it. But it is funny. But it is creepy. Uh, it. I mean, it's an hour and fifteen minutes, and it just moves like lightning. Uh, <laughs> it's like right. It's like Every a, movie a should be an hour and long minutes. episode of television. Right. That's all it is, really. Right. Um, it's iconic. It's super fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's great. I actually rewatched it. I watched it twice in preparation for this. Got to rewatch it wow. twice because I was just like, you know what? 
I got an hour and 15 minutes to kill. Let's do it again. Uh, how about you, Mark? What is your history with The Bride of Frankenstein? Well, Frankenstein is like probably my favorite book. I've read it three times, wow. which okay. probably isn't a lot for real, like crazy people. Um, <laughs> the only other book I've read multiple times is Carrie. So uh, I'm gay. Um, and then uh, I love this movie. I think it's like better than the first one. I don't think that's even up for debate, really. Um, it's gorgeous to look at. It's funny. It's creepy. It's weird. It's uh, everything you want in a movie. And it's 75 minutes. <laughs> oh my God, what's say not that to again. Like? <laughs> <laughs> I have a poster of like the bride of Frankenstein, like a big, like it's this red one of him, like on the throne, but it's been in a poster tube for, of course, like 10 years. I, oh. One day I'll get it framed. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into it, Sam. As you may or may not know, we are looking for the gayest movies ever. So we have a very complex and Byzantine scoring system with which to judge them. So we're going to go through a ton of categories. And at one point, you are going to add a category and it will be added, added to, to the, the wheel. wheel. That doesn't make sense now. It probably won't make sense later. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so this is our current top five gayest movies ever and with their percentage score. So it's out of 100% of how gay they are. So number five with a 79.51% is Grease 2. Number four with an 83% Clue. Number three with an 85.19% The Lost Boys. Number two with an 86.92% Death Becomes Her. And number one with a 94.83% is Female Trouble. So okay. if you had to guess, Sam, do, what do you think, uh, what do you think uh, Bride of Frankenstein is going to be? Uh, I mean, if it was, if you just asked me to give it a number, I'd give it like a 99, but <laughs> I, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know your criteria, so I Fair don't know, enough. but Fair I'd be enough. surprised if, if it didn't break 90. All right. Okay. Well, let's find out. The first group of categories are the canon categories. So for each one of these, we're each going to score between a score of zero and a hundred. Then we take the average of all three of our scores. So the first one is... On a scale of zero to hundred, how would you score *The Bride of Frankenstein* in actual gay characters? Well, there's at least three. <laughs> Who, Four, maybe saying? the Hermit. So definitely two for sure. Percy and Byron and Shelley. Well, do we count? Do we count bisexual as gay? Yeah, I mean you could. I okay. mean you can give up some points. You know, it's zero to hundred. It's not like a binary thing. Okay. It's like sexuality itself, <laughs> it's fluid. <laughs> I mean, there's, so I, get, I mean, obviously, there's no one comes out and says I am gay, but uh, it was also 1935, and, right? And also, what's his name? Uh, Percy Shelley, his hair. I mean, there's no way, there's no way that dude likes women, <laughs> right? Like that. Right, and and those and the monster, and the monster, and the hermit, and Doctor Pretorius is like strictly oh, yeah, wicked. Like there is oh. no. Uh, he interrupts no. Frankenstein's wedding night mm -hmm. and, and, and says, "Come with me. Right. I got you know. We need to probe the mysteries of life mm -hmm. and death." Yeah. Right. And when he says we, you know, make a woman, he makes this face like I Just, guess he throws up like, a little bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if right. we must. Right. <laughs> I wonder if anyone in this movie is not gay, actually. I'm going to give this movie a, a hundred because- A hundred. I Just mean, poor Elizabeth, maybe. I mean, we don't know her life. This could be That's a marriage true. of convenience. She's, I mean- I don't know. Honestly, I, bet, I, bet, what, I bet Minnie will, will warm her on a cold night, cold <laughs> winter's night at some point. Uh, that could be because Henry's a trash man and That's true. Um, she can do better. He's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> so giving it a hundred. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go 
because since because no one actually comes out and says that, I'm going to give it an 80. But I do think it's like very queer, and I think you could definitely have fun remaking this movie and just going for it, and it wouldn't lose much. Like it wouldn't change Hello, Mel Brooks. that much. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna split the difference between you and give it a 90, just because those that mob is really gonna take it down a notch for me. Just <laughs> <laughs> watching this movie, because we're recording it the week of the insurrection, I was just like, oh, I have just have no appetite for mobs. Like, just like <laughs> I have no Ugh. interest. Like, death to all of them. Right. <laughs> Has there ever been a good mob? Beauty and the Beast? No. Bride of Frankenstein? No. Some Simpsons real life. episodes. I think that maybe about. As <laughs> I mean, I mean, this will. You know, the. I feel like at least one um, mob member gets got. So that's you know. <laughs> sure, that's, that's true. That's <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> so giving uh, Brian Frankenstein has a ninety, which is the highest we've had in the last nineteen movies uh, okay. ever since we've updated the scoring system. All right, so the next category. Drag queen inspiration. Could a drag queen watch Bride of Frankenstein and come away with a whole book of ideas? I mean, first of all, okay, I'm sorry, I don't want to go. I don't no, no, you go it. right ahead. No, no, no please. please. We're just chit chatting. Okay, so Minnie, the, you know, the sort of oh, like yeah. servant, is so she funny. a gypsy? Is she, I don't know what her deal is, but her outfits are elaborate. Um, and I'm pretty sure no one's paid her in years. So that's all her. Um, <laughs> Uh, and so, so there's definitely about upcycling. <laughs> there's definitely her, but then the bride is like, she gets like half a word of dialogue, but she's so iconic. I know yes. I've seen that silver streak yes. oh uh, of God. hair in many a drag queen's um, wig. Um, so I think it is like, that is an actual drag queen inspiration. She's got the, the gown of cadaver shrouds. Um, I th I'm calling two drag queen inspiration and i think also like frankenstein himself could be a drag you know there could be i'm sure there are drag queens who've done their take on frankenstein sure i mean yeah. uh, look at uh rocky horror isn't there something i saw it once yeah, yeah. 20 years ago <laughs> i don't remember yes. um <laughs> yes eddie there's a character who's eddie who's sort of loosely based on frankenstein sort of I also love like Dr. Pretorius's like white robe like those white like doctor things they wear when they're like in mm -hmm. the lab yeah, like you got you got your medical license suspended just for that. Like the outfit made your colleagues <laughs> nervous. They're like, "We're booting you out of here, sir." Booting is the word. I do think there was what the Blu-ray I had has like a documentary about the movie, and they said like, "Who else? What other like female horror monsters are there? Are no like except for right. like maybe Tiffany and Chucky." That's about it. But like of true like female monster, Audrey too, maybe, but she's voiced by a man. Right. You know? So I think, are there any other true female mo Mothra? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. This is a whole, this is a different podcast. I know yeah. I can come up with some. Um, I mean, it depends on like where your bar is. There's definitely lots of like- it's very high. Shitty horror movies. <laughs> you know? Like sure, sure. Night, of, Night of the Demons has Angela I mean, who is- Carrie so a sure. horror villain? Okay. Yeah, she's a monster. But in terms of like monster, you know, like made right. from like yeah, body yeah, as parts, as monsters, stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> made from body parts. I'm like Carrie White. Right. Um, <laughs> but I also think just that you got to give her credit too for like, she's on screen for less than five minutes of this movie, which granted is yeah. only 75 minutes, but it is so <laughs> iconic and has such an impact. And also not a drag queen, but I think without The Bride of Frankenstein, we would not have Marge Simpson's hair. Possibly. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> the biggest drag queen of all. Of right. <laughs> Style icon. It is also one of those characters that you would recognize by the silhouette, you know? She's up there with like exactly. SpongeBob. 
Yeah, I, there's a part of me, there's a part of me that suspects that the pre, the the sort of prologue with um, uh, Elsa Lancaster as Mary Shelley is them being like, geez, we put this woman through a lot for right. less than, uh, you know, for very little screen time. Maybe we should give her a little more. Uh, she, yeah, let's, have our, uh, let's give her a scene with two gay guys. Perfect. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So Sam, what do you want to give Bride of Frankenstein in drag queen inspiration on a scale I'm of zero to hundred? I'm gonna give it a hundred. A hundred. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go ninety-eight. Wow, what's keeping it from a hundred, John? You gave uh, Edward Scissorhands a uh, hundred or ninety-nine. Oh. You gave it a ninety-nine. Well, okay. Well, I don't know. I guess because it is just the. I to me, like, I mean, like, I'm ready to really talk about Una O'Connor in a minute, uh, who plays Minnie. But I feel like it's it's that it's really just that one look that I think is super iconic. Uh, that's enough for me. I'm giving it 100, giving it an <laughs> average of 99.33, which is about 9.33 points higher than mermaids. Okay, pretty good. <laughs> All right. Oof. Next category, gay icons. How would you rate this on gay icons? Well, what do we got? I well, mean, I, I think we're, I think the gay community is sleeping on Una O'Connor. Like her performance in this, I was like, she's, she plays Minnie, the sort of like, sassy weird crazy i don't like she i don't you don't know how touched she is but you know she's something happened or she's like drinking Every water with lead in it or at something 11 yes yeah. at 11 she's got a weird like coffee filter on her head half the time and then like ribbons that you know she was just like i'll just put these in my hair this will make sense but she's like crazy and wacky and nutty and perfect and so bad her job she hates her job she loves to give her employers problems yeah, yeah she's she blessed. loves to see violent things happen yeah yeah yep um i think we could say james whale i mean they made uh bill condon made a movie about him that's true yep which is i don't i need to re-see that because it didn't blow me away the first time but it's a i mean it's a great it's a great example of like queer storytelling and right. um, the sort of like queer, like get digs into the queerness of the Bride of Frankenstein super well. Um, I mean, I think that my, if, we, if we're just speaking of personal gay icons, like Dr. Frankenstein is like, you know, it's alive is like one of the most iconic lines in any movie ever <laughs> right. um, and has been used in like, like dozens of other movies. Um, and, you know, her antics are delightful. Um, and, um, you know, her sort of like uh, performative, like, um, intensity um, mm -hmm. is is also iconic, and the the monster is is iconic, and you know in terms of like the suffering, like um, angry, capable of great violence, but doesn't want to be violent, like soulful monster who society has treated like shit. Um, I think Karloff makes a great gay stand-in um, with the monster, so that's uh, pretty up there for gay icons for me. He is like, so like, to me, like this movie does, it's like, this movie's not necessarily like, you're not gonna have nightmares necessarily, I don't think. But I think what comes across still is like how like moving, like he's like, he just wants a friend. And like, yeah. that's all that's the moments of vulnerability of the monster are still just are really work, which you can't say for a lot of movies that are almost a hundred years old. Yeah, <laughs> agree. That's true. Sorry, it happened one night. Um, <laughs> it happened to put me to sleep. No, so what do you want? What do you want to? What do you want to give a Bride of Frankenstein for gay icons? Sam? I mean, I almost want to give it a ninety-five because I feel bad that I've been giving it a hundred. Um, don't yeah, we have about thirty more categories? Don't okay, you so, oh shit! Well, then I'll talk faster. Uh, all right, I'll give it a hundred. I'll give 100. it a hundred. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a. I'll give it a ninety-five. 
95. Uh, I'll give it a 95 just because uh, Divine exists. So <laughs> give it an average of 96.67. Okay. Pretty good, which is two points lower than Mermaids, which is an 98.33. That's they do have share, yeah. They have share. Share versus Frankenstein. I don't know. Who do you put your money on? But they also on? have Winona and what's her name? The younger uh, one. Uh, that's true. All right. The next category, the male gaze. Now this, we mean how horny is the camera for the male form? Oh, interesting. The one moment I noticed is when Dr. Pretorius, like when he's showing off his little people he made. Uh -huh. Dr. Pretorius says, oh, like this devil looks like me or am I flattering myself? <laughs> it's like, well, he is appreciating like this devil, the handsome devil, essentially. Sure, sure. I think those two men at the beginning, their pants are awfully tight. Wild. Yeah. Super tight. The scene in the shepherd's cottage, there's a scene where like the monster like puts his head in his lap that is like. Oh, the hermit does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the crucifix yeah, yeah. Whatever, over them. Yeah. Whatever it is, you could read it as fellatio adjacent. So I don't see how you could read it as anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not. It's 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 uh, it's not like the sexy beefcake male like male gaze. But the the James James Whale is perving on some people. But I do think he makes Colin Clive, who plays Henry Frankenstein, look real good. Like he always looks very attractive you know what i mean like there's there's really, there was john? a there was you know a care put into it john. i believe john i'm Very glad well you lit. said that because i honestly like when i was a little little kid and i saw the original frankenstein like i had feelings for dr frankenstein that i couldn't fully understand <laughs> sure um that i don't have now that i wasn't going to bring up but since you do um i think uh, I, I i think there's something there um you know might not be my type now but um yeah he's he's lovely in a way that i think james whale if not anyone else uh, appreciates he does also shoot like Dr. Pretorius's face. It almost looks like a, like a Disney drawing or like his face is almost like a caricature. Yeah. I can't never say that word, but just how he like <laughs> shoots and lights it is so like, you can't not look at it. It's all angles. It's just looks, he looks like the mortician in Beauty and the Beast almost. Like it's so like. Yeah, they don't let noses like that on, on, on in film these days. And it's the audience is lost. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so what do you want to give Bright of Frankenstein for the male gaze? I'll give it an 80. 80. Uh, I'm going to go 90 because I do think that it's like the, the men all look very nice. Wow. Uh, I'll give it 75. Uh, give it an average of 81.67. Do you want to talk about that 75? No, we, we, got, a, we got a heart out. Okay. Um, <laughs> our next category, entrances with pizzazz. How much you rate the entrances with pizzazz? I would say... Frankenstein can only make entrances with pizzazz. He's either literally kicking down doors or ripping doors <laughs> off of hinges. He can never just walk into a room. Yeah, I think that um, uh, Minnie's sort of like ushering in of Dr. Pretorius is very yes. like grand entrance. Like yes. whatever she says, like that's not a real name. Um, <laughs> when she announces him and there's lightning. And I mean, I think the bride is like that. Talk about an entrance, like, yeah, right. like, like lightning strikes her, her hand yes. flutters. She, you know, it's like she, they unveil her. I think that's a that's pretty pretty grand. Vin Diesel wishes he got yeah. that in a Fast and Furious movie. 
I would say the first one I noticed was during the opening credits. James Whale's name as the director, like his his name like pops out right as the music is swelling in this very grand, <laughs> sort of grandiose right. orchestral moment. And I was like, okay, we know who the director is. Um, I'm here. <laughs> I did this. Me. I'm important. <laughs> this is my party. You are welcome. So yeah, it's pretty pizzazzy. And the monster himself underwater, first we see his hand, like it's still, and he looks amazing still. Um, yeah, so what do you want to give us for entrances with pizzazz? Hundred, you can't. Hundred, you, you can't beat that. You can't beat <laughs> that the bride. bride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna go 95 again. 95. It wasn't good enough. Tying it with death becomes her. Uh, I'll give it a hundred just for that iconic. I mean, it's almost so iconic that it feels cliche, like the first time you see it. Uh, all right, next character. You might do very well here. Strident women. Bride <laughs> 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 Frankenstein on strident women. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of women, but those who are those, there's Minnie and the bride, and and, and um, the I forgot her name, Elizabeth, Dr. Elizabeth, yes, poor Elizabeth. She's very, you know, the lady doth protest too much, like <laughs> you know, like we get it, we get it. He hates, he does not, he's not that into you, <laughs> um, uh, and yes, M Minnie does complain a lot, and the bride. I mean, again, she doesn't get. I don't even think you could say she has a line, um, but when it's clearly a complaint, it's clearly yeah. strident. <laughs> whatever, whatever she's trying to communicate in that one word is not pleased. <laughs> there also is that one scene when they're in the woods and there's a group of people which they are defined in the in the uh, on IMDb as the gypsies, but there's those sort of like people who are like camping in the woods and the, <laughs> one old lady who has a corn cob pipe. She's like, need right. salt and pepper. And she's real straight <laughs> and nasty. Yeah. Don't mind if the if the monster got her. Right. <laughs> or if she got her own movie. I like see her go against the Wolfman, oh, sure. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Disney Plus. Hello. Disney Plus, hello. <laughs> Sleeping on it. Eight series for the corncob pipe lady. <laughs> A humble request. Um, so what do you want to give this for strident women? I mean, we're at a hundred percent female representation at stride at full stridency. That's, that's so. true. Um, I mean, I guess a, a, a ninety-five, and if there were more women to be strident, it'd be a hundred. I'm gonna go eighty because I don't think Elizabeth is strident. She's mostly mm. like tries to. She has like a panic attack when she says they're coming in <laughs> here, and then she collapses yeah. on the bed. Exactly. She has a weird like. I see them. They're coming. Huh. <laughs> like, honey, no, have some self-respect. Uh, I'll give it a 90, uh, giving it an average of 88.33, which is about 70 points higher than Air Bud. Okay, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Not bad. All right, the next category, you might do very well here. Macabre. How macabre is Bride of Frankenstein? I mean... You're making I, bodies, yeah, life it, out of corpses. The first image you know? is, a, is a castle on a cliff in a thunderstorm. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, what more do you want out of a movie? There's a bat yeah. on a string. Yeah. You've got, you've There's got, like, they live uh, in a castle that has skeletons as decorations. It's The laboratory is in a crypt at some yeah. point, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, there's, you know, corpses assembled. Um, there's inexplicable um, tiny monster people. Um, right. In jars, <laughs> this is a weird which we haven't talked enough about. Uh, <laughs> you used to be at Universal Studios. Used to have like a maze, like a walkthrough haunted maze, and they had Frankenstein's lab, like scene, and it had the original laboratory equipment from the oh, movie wow. in it, which was like, and also nobody went through it, so you could just walk her up, and it was amazing. But now they turned it into a Starbucks. So, 
Well, that's that gentrification sense. for you, hitting mm-hmm. Universal Studios. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty macabre. Also, uh, monster. The monster is just throwing people <laughs> left and right, <laughs> which was just delightful every right. time he did it. Right. <laughs> a good body count. There's a very yeah. high body count. Yeah. For, for 1935, it's a good body mm-hmm. count. This was the hostel of its day, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah. So what do you want to give this for uh, macabre? Hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but net. Hundred. <laughs> Nothing but net. Uh, I'm also giving it a hundred. Tying it with Hellbound Hellraiser two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Which has much, if memory serves, that does win in terms of the male gaze. Yes. I think that was that was a pretty thirsty movie. Yeah. Um, all right. The next, I think you'll do pretty well here too. Dramatic lighting. <laughs> dramatic is the lighting. Super dramatic, and that the the sort yes. of montage set piece during the bringing the bride to life with mm-hmm. the quick oh, yeah. cuts of like Ugh. the bolts of electricity and the equipment and um, Ernest Thesiger's like face, craggy face lit from oh, like yeah. really stark uh, yeah. angles. Yeah. So uh, many of the shots have like light, like just shadows on the wall and all this dramatic stuff going on. It's like all about the lighting in this movie. Yeah. It was the thirties. They knew what to do. Not everything had to look like a TV show. No. Right. They didn't Marvel. even know what that was. Right. And they still made a good looking movie. Yeah. This is one of the best looking movies ever made. And I saw it on Blu-ray. It looks great on a nice TV. Let me tell you, oh, it still nice. looks great. They did a good job. Uh, so what do you want to give this for dramatic lighting? Hundred. A hundred. Yeah, I'm gonna go hundred as well. Yeah, I think you gotta. A hundred. Hundreds across the board, tying it with death becomes her. Okay. <laughs> Damn it, death becomes her. Damn it. Um also could be the name of this movie. Right. Um next category, vibrato. So for this one, in addition to literal vibrato, we also mean anytime they take a moment, give it, make it, do a little extra with it, and you'll like it. Like give it more than it maybe needed, but indeed you enjoy it. I mean, for me, it's just like even they're like, "She's alive, alive." I mean, that's yeah. iconic, <laughs> classic. Right. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Elizabeth's monologue where she's like, "They're coming for you," and they're there, and they're there, and then she faints, and it's just like, okay. Yeah, and everything Doctor Pretorius says, where he just like has to like. Mug a little. Uh, <laughs> Ernest Dessinger's performance is nothing but vibrato. Just a yes. lot of like, you know, little flourishes, little hand gestures, little mugging, little, um, you know, pursing of the lips. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of a lot of flourishes that are are. I don't know. Maybe you're. Dep- I don't. I don't want to pretend to fully comprehend your com- your meaning of the word vibrato. <laughs> I think you got it. Uh, yeah, I think you got it. But, but yes, I mean, I would it's, say it's Uno all entire flourishes. performance is just like extra yes. big and just like all of her mind's like ah, I wouldn't like him under my bed. Arr. You know, just like it's just <laughs> it's amazing. It's just great. it's to the back of the house, even though the camera's a foot away from her. It's great. <laughs> right. This right. is before people knew a thing about method acting. You know, they're just <laughs> right. having fun. They're just acting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's like, like, when painted... I was in vaudeville as a child. Right. <laughs> Say the production design is pretty over the top. It's like, great. Like, what year does this take place? Because sometimes they're wearing cocktail dresses, it seems like. Nobody knows. Right. There's a telephone <laughs> at one point. Who cares? Right. It's that kitschy universal, like, European 19th slash 20th century. Like, we don't know what country or year it is, but it looks old. Um, right. Yeah, and also like I think that they had. I know in the first one, I'm pretty sure in the second one as well. Like the lab equipment in Dr. Frankenstein's lab were actual like Nikolai Tesla coils, like that had been acquired. Oh, it's the same um, equipment for both movies I read. So yeah, so yeah. Then, yeah. So like you know, no, 
spared no expense. <laughs> it's all up there on the screen. Love a painted cent. All, so, all $397,000. <laughs> right. So what do you want to give Bride of Frankenstein in vibrato? You go first. Okay. I'll go first. All right. I'll give it a 98 only because they don't actually sing. <laughs> sure. I'll give it a 95 because I do feel like you could tell. Like I feel like I don't personally never met James Whale. I know that's hard to believe, what? but I do feel like <laughs> you could tell like there's a wit, there's a sense of humor behind all that. He's not just like, it's not like a workman-like perfunctory filming the script, you know? It's just, there's a, there's an effervescence to everything that's really fun. Yeah. Yes, and he did make, I want to say Showboat. He did make a musical. He did, yes. Um, so yes, I'll, I'll also give it a 95. If, if, it, if there was actual musical vibrato, it'd be a slam dunk. <laughs> You know, give another twenty blind man with jar people. If he was singing Ave Maria while playing on the ah. violin, then then we could give it a hundred. Yeah, the Broadway musical of Bride of Frankenstein <laughs> is six, seven years out, so we'll we'll revisit this. Then. We're working on it right now. Yeah. All right, our next category. This one might be tough, maybe not. Footwork. How would you rate the footwork in Bride of Frankenstein? Well, there's the mob. There's the mob. <laughs> there's like... Minnie running to warn everyone of the monster. That's sort of fun. There's like a lot of shots of her just like running like from the mountain, outside of town, into town. Up to <laughs> and it's the slightly <laughs> sped up, so it looks right. comical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the standard is, but the footwork, while there's not a ton of it, seems um, you know. Like a Chicago would do very well. Chicago is where the style right. from. So yeah. <laughs> there's no there's not a choreographer involved in this movie. I'll give it a 75. 75. Yeah, 75 sounds right to me. I'll give it that as well. You know what? I'll also give it a 75. Give it an average of 75, which is 35 points higher than Just Friends, the worst <laughs> movie we've ever covered on this podcast. All right, next category, something close to your heart, animal print. <laughs> I was right, this is an animal print. <laughs> I don't think there is. Are there furs yeah. even? There's a lot of fur collars. And there was a lot of like okay. a lot of Elizabeth's like nightgowns just was like it was like, first of all, just like yards of unnecessary fabric. But then like with a little marabou and some like little feathers here and there. <laughs> so like a leopard or a zebra print. No, but there's animal representation. Also, I don't know. Do we want to talk about human beings and are they animals? <laughs> and the fact that like two of our the two main characters are like patched together skin. I don't know. Maybe you could throw some. I mean, that's that way. that's that's like that's needlework right there. That's like fabric. <laughs> that's, you know. It's like the silence of the lambs rules. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and also the homunculuses have, if I remember correctly, they're bedecked in animal. Oh yeah, uh, like the Henry VIII. Yes. Right. Right. I mean, it's no slouch. I'll give it a 75 again. It's 75. Not, this is not a high fashion movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll give it a 50 for animal print. Uh, I gotta go 30. I think you guys are crazy. I'm um, giving it an average of 51.67. But still, that's pretty good. That's about 30 points higher than The Shining. Okay. All right. Okay. Not too bad. All right. Then this is the last of the canon categories. Don't worry. There's still about 17 more. Um, on a scale of 0 to 100, how likely are you to recommend The Bride of Frankenstein to a gay person? On a scale of what? Zero to one hundred. Uh, Two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah. It's, yes. I won't allow I've, it. I've okay. A hundred. I forced. Okay. I forced many a friend um, to to watch this film, um, and you know they don't always see it the way I do. But uh, yeah, it's 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 
I think it's super important. I think it's like, if you know, if you want to talk about classical queer cinema, it's the, the I think the best Hollywood example. Um, so mm-hmm. if you like, if you're queer and you like queer movies, I think this is, this is the, if not the starting place, uh, an important <laughs> It's not chapter. like telling someone to watch like, oh, you got to watch Secession. It's only 10 hours, like <laughs> 75 <laughs> right. minutes. You're done. You could do it during lunch. Yeah. Uh, so a hundred, John. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it, it's, it's, it's great. It holds up. It's super fun. It's such a fun example. Interesting thing of like these, the, the codedness of gay characters or how like, mm. you know, like you can tell that these, some of these characters would be queer if you made them today. There's fun, campy performances, but also really grounded, genuine uh, moments without, uh, throughout it. Um, I think I will say 99 because only if the gay person I know was really boring and basic and was like, I don't like watching things in black and white. Then I'd be like, well, go fuck oh yourself. My God. But I'll give it a 99. Uh, give it an, I'm gonna give it a hundred, giving it a 99.67. So, with John's score, it is uh, point 0.33 points lower than the Lost Boys. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess that makes sense. Maybe. That's a heavy male gaze movie, <laughs> very heavy male. I mean, two gay directors we got going on right yeah. now, right? Yeah, I wish uh, Joel Schumacher was around to make a Frankenstein movie. Hmm. What can you do? All right, now that is the last of the canon categories. Now we are into the wheel. The wheel category. So these are all categories that previous guests have brought in, and then we have put them all on this wheel, which is really an app on my phone. And we're going to spin it four times, and whatever category randomly pops up, that's what we're going to judge this movie on. And at the end of that, you will come up with a category, which we will put on the wheel. Cool. Okay, it's spinning a while. Usually does not do this. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Pet obsession. Pet obsession. I would, this came from Air Butt of all things. I would say like (laughs) Dr. Pretorius and his like little people are kind of like his pets. I mean, do we think of the monster as a pet? Yeah, yeah. So pet obsession literally means a pet, right? Like we're not talking about like a deep, a deep, a, a, a personal oh, obsession, in which case, not, Frankenstein. Not I, ex- I, I collect stamps on the weekend. No, it's not that. Right, right. I <laughs> make, I don't he- I make people, right. Yeah. I make people. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, swipe left. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that the, the, the sort of like whole... Um, centerpiece of the monster's dilemma um and and this is in this is in the book um as well as in the movies is that like you know dr frankenstein doesn't treat him like a person he doesn't respect him he he's a he's a science project he's a he's a possession he's a pet so um you know the fact that he denies the monster his humanity is the source of like all the dramatic motion um so yeah the the doctor is obsessed with his pet but he doesn't treat it like a person and so Mm-hmm. I, I, could, I feel like I could make the case that this is a this is this is a, a pet, an angry animal, an angry an angry human <laughs> human pet story. Yeah, because mm-hmm. what's it's like not like uh it's father child you know it's like uh, God man it's all that stuff yeah <laughs> levels mm-hmm. just yeah. like man and dog yeah yeah man yeah. dog you know God spelled backwards it. yeah it totally works right <laughs> so what would you give this on pet do you say hundred I sorry. Uh, I'll say 90 because, you know, one could make the case that he's not really a pet, but um, yeah, I'll go 90 as well. I'll go 90. I did wonder about those people, the little people in the jars, though, like, what do they do when they're not 
are they just like automatons? Like, do they have like a soul? <laughs> I have just a lot of, cool, like, they were fascinating to me. I think if you, if you really stop and think about it, that's the most horrifying part of the movie. Like those right, are the, yeah. the human beings trapped in jars who, whose are, lives can only be like darkness and misery. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> right. They're kept inside these jars, inside of dark box. Uh, and the jars take, are not take it big. Out. Yeah. No. And then no, just, just laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they try to get one of them tries to get some action and is unsuccessful, and that's it. <laughs> nope. Uh, all right, giving it an average of ninety. This is a that's that came from Air Bud when Air Bud got a hundred in this. So probably the one category Air Bud will lose. Or okay, here we go. Over the top production design. I mean, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Constant. Yeah. Constant. See, see my earlier um, answers. You know, it's just like all the flourishes, all the, um, you know, eerie, like weird, unnecessary, but dramatic uh, touches that make this so campy. And also like the sounds, the, also the fact that it's shot, like it's not widescreen, it's 1.33 that, like the thing that we get height. So like the ceilings in this yes. movie, I wrote like, if you're a lover of high ceilings, you're gonna love <laughs> Bride of Frank. It's just constant vaults. Uh, I, mean, I guess if you live incredible. in a castle, that's what's gonna happen. You gotta show off those ceilings. <laughs> A little draft, but I think it's like just the painted sets. Like it's one of those movies that looks fake, but also better than reality at the same time. Like yes. you want to just live in this world. It's it's delicious. And right. I do love that little bat that randomly just like flies across at the beginning of that one scene. It's so perfect. <laughs> it's like a ball of yarn with wings Doesn't on it. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. I shouldn't, but whenever I watch an old movie and it's like clearly a soundstage and there's like a fire, it makes me nervous. I was like, oh, you can't do that indoors. That's like dangerous. I don't know why I'm worried. (laughs) Someone might get hurt. They're all dead at this point anyway. (laughs) And that's now the Transformers ride. So what do you want to give this for over-the-top production design? This was as as over-the-top as you got in 1935. I'd say 100. 100. Yeah, I think I'll go 100 as well. I think it's just so, it's so thought out in such a fun, exciting way. Right. I'm also going to give it 100. You know what else had this category? The Lost Boys. So this is tied The Lost Boys and Over okay. the Top That's also 100. good, also good. Right. Over the Top production design came from Batman Forever episode. Uh, here we go. Pearl clutching. Pearl clutching. <laughs> Well, isn't uh, is what is a mob if not a group of pearl clutchers? Right. Well, there's a lot of fainting <laughs> that happens in this movie, which I think is like true. the step after you clutch your pearls yes. and then you pass out. You clutch them so they don't roll over the floor. <laughs> exactly. You... So no one steals them while you're. <laughs> so a lot of people very outraged at other people's incompetence, like this burgomaster. How? What? <laughs> what? You can't find a good burgermaster these days. No. Right, right. <laughs> Minnie's like, I had to put on clothes <laughs> and open a door. Right. Anyone uh, not associated with a monster is essentially constantly outraged. And then Pretorius right. is outraged by the concept of heterosexuality, seemingly. Right. <laughs> yeah. so. Yes, yes, exactly. What is, my, what is my blind hermit uncle doing with that monster man <laughs> everyone clutches their pearls when they see the monster this was a this is a golden era of pearl clutching <laughs> hundred tens 100. across the board wow i'll go i'll go 95 
95. What more do you need, John? Actual pearls. Actual pearls. pearls. Actual, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need Martha Wayne dead in an hour. Exactly. Right. Okay. right. Uh, I'm going to give it 100. Uh, Given an average of 98.33. All right. Our next. Uh, yeah, there you go. I forget what pearl clutching is from. I can look it That's up. That's from Bill and Ted, actually. There you go. Bro, Bill and Ted's. <laughs> oh, we got pearl clutching again. Hold on. Okay, titular theme song. Titular theme song. This was not an era of titular theme song. <laughs> it was not. It's the Bride of Frankenstein. No, that never happened. I do think the score is pretty yeah. iconic, though. Like those bells this, when we first see the bride. Yeah. The score is iconic. And does this one also have the Swan Lake intro at the beginning? Because I feel like there's more than one universal monster movie that has the Swan Lake intro oh. at the very beginning. Um, and I think Frankenstein was one of them, but I can't remember if The Bride does. I have no idea. John, you've been to the ballet. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't rem- I don't know if there's anything from Swan Lake. There was one point that I thought sounded like uh, Pierre Gint, but I didn't think it was. So maybe it was Swan Lake, and that's why I like recommend uh, recognized it. Um, but yeah, I don't. There's no real like. There's like I mean, if, yeah. if if you if someone were to say, what's the? Could you hum the theme to Bride of Frankenstein? <laughs> could you do it? Probably. I could just do those bells. That's be about it. <laughs> Yeah, what, is, at, what does oh, one do in such a case of, of um, not <laughs> not fulfilling the terms of the, of the category? <laughs> there is, there was a vinyl pressing, like like one of these Mondo records things, and there's a track listing. And on side A, the first track is main title slash The Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, all right then. So, so there it's is not zero, I would say. There's right. one. I mean, is this- um, uh, It's not fame. It's or, not fame uh, or grease. <laughs> That's true. Grease is the word. Um, or putting on the Ritz in Young Thank you. Time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's about it. So what would you give this, Sam? Um, I will take my lead from y'all. Okay, okay. I'll go. I'll give it because there is a theme that is the Bride of Frankenstein theme. Uh, and I do think the music is very recognizable. I'll give it a 65. 65. Uh, I was going to give it, I'll give it a 40. I'll split the difference if I was good at math. So (laughs) 52.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 52.5. Give him an average of 52.5. All right, Sam, the time has come for you to add a category that we can use to judge how gay Bride of Frankenstein is and every movie after. Okay, so something that is super important to me when I'm measuring the queerness of a movie is the queer menace. Uh, oh. To what extent? Ooh, to what extent? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was called in college. <laughs> to what extent does the queerness of the movie or the character or the monster or whatever constitute a, a, a threat to all that heterosexual society holds dear? I love that. Um, mm-hmm. So um, by these admittedly um, skewed towards the Bride of Frankenstein metrics, um, mm-hmm. I think that this movie gets a hundred um, because it's just like, you know, we were gonna have a wedding night um, and then everything went wrong. Like, right? we, we were, we're making love, you know, no we're making right. stand for that. Right, so we're gonna just burn it all down. <laughs> wow i love that because also we are so the queer menace like fuck these people who want it like we're rooting for this menace yeah it makes like, me think of the uh that perfume genius song queen 
No, I don't no. know it. You gotta look it up. It's all about the queer menace. Awesome. Write it down. Yeah, Write but it like down. you know, Ursula, Ursula the yes. Sea Witch, yeah. like mm-hmm. queer menace. Like that's what I want for my monsters and for my que- my queer storytelling. Like Rope, Alfred Hitchcock, like yeah. the the horrifying um, uh, antisocial murder gaze. Gonorrhea. <laughs> John, what are you going to give this in the queer menace? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Uh, I don't know. I like this. I'm going to give it a hundred. Why not? Giving it a ninety-nine point thirty-three. The highest score anything's ever gotten uh, in this right. category. Menace, that is correct. Crushing. <laughs> All right. Just when you thought we were done, we're going back. Well, now we are into the bonus categories. These we're going <laughs> to. Judge on uh, zero to 10. And these are just bonus. So this will just be percentage bonus points. So if it doesn't do well in any of these categories, it's not going to penalize the score in any way. All of this is just bonus. So it's okay if it doesn't do well. Cool. All right. So the first one, makeover montage. Is there a makeover montage? Does making a person like out of no person, is that a makeover or is that just a make? (laughs) That's definitely a make, but it is. I don't know if that's even like a montage. You know what Mm, I mean? Like it is just kind of like how it happens. Yeah. I mean, I think you could say it's a makeover because you're taking body parts from other people and making a new person. There is a makeover. And there is a montage when they bring her to life, but. Sure. Five. A five. Uh, I'll go, I'll go four. Four, I'm gonna continue this pattern and go three. But there are a makeover, give an average of 4%. All right. Our next bonus category, cheerworthy cameos. Were there any cameos? Okay, so <laughs> I meant to mention this earlier, um, and I, maybe I'm the only one who cheers, but fun fact, um, Dwight Fry, who plays, I don't even think the character's named Igor in the first Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. He's not, the, no. the, 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 the helper. Uh, Fritz, oh, yeah. actually. His name is Fritz. Um, he gets killed in Frankenstein. Um, but Dwight Fry is back in The Bride of Frankenstein playing another qu- creepy schmuck. Um, so, so I like, uh, and he also plays Renfield really brilliantly mm. in, in Dracula. Um, so I, I, I cheer when I see um, Dwight Fry be in his creepy kind of sexy, um, th- you know, thing. Um, so I, that, that made me cheer. Uh, another similar to that, the little girl in the first Frankenstein who he throws in the lake and drowns, she is uh, she, she has a line in this movie. She is back in this one. And she's a little, at one point, a, a bunch of like schoolgirls are walking down the street and she goes, look, and it's her. And I, and I read in my MDB trivia that uh, James Whale gave her that line because he wanted her to be paid more than just as an extra. Amazing. Oh, I love that's it. fun. Ten, tens across the board. Ten. <laughs> Uh, I'll give it a two for those two cameos. John's giving it a two. Uh, I'll go five. I mostly mine was for the line, the line, the gods and monsters line. It was like, oh, Lana Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> That's where she got it. All right, next category: pool trouble. Well, I would say under the mill, there's some pool trouble when we first see yeah. Frankenstein. Is that the shepherdess who falls in the water at that one point? A troubled shepherdess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah, you just you... be a shepherd, John? <laughs> Why do you have you to got... other her? Why do yes, I have to gender you... the shepherd? You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize. When you have a 2021, a murderous reanimated corpse in your pool, I would say that constitutes pool trouble. I would say that's definitely, definitely. pool trouble. 
Uh, so what do you want to give it? Five. A five. Uh, I'll go three. Three? There's a murderous reanimated corpse in a pool. Uh, I'm going to give it a 10. I think this is pool trouble. <laughs> this is trouble in a pool. Uh, give it an average of 6%. All right, next category. Witches. How witchy is Bride of Frankenstein? I think when you're reanimating life, yeah. that's pretty witchy to me. Yes, if we're yes, going very, back yes. to the gen, like critiquing the gender-based, <laughs> like why can only women be witches? Like, uh, yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, I think this is pretty witchy. Yeah, a science yeah. witch. You're, I mean, you're you're, you're digging up corpses and you're bringing them back to life and you're killing people. And there's you're a bat. In tombs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, a, bat. A, bat. there's a bat. Mm -hmm. Winging around. This might be considered a stereotypical representation of witches, but it is a representation nonetheless. <laughs> you know, it was the 1930s. We right, were not right. on top of our shit. They didn't know. It's before the Hayes Code, they didn't know any better. No. <laughs> there was cocaine in their soda. They didn't know anything. Uh, yeah, so what do you want to give this for witches? I'll give it a seven. Seven. I'm going to give it a nine, actually, because I think just the fact nine. that they're like bringing people to life. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a nine. All right, this next category, you might do very well here. Gay actors playing gay roles. Well, you named at least two. Yep. Um, I don't know that. I don't know their life. Whoever played Percy, uh, Shelley, and Henry, and Lord Byron. So um, <laughs> never I'd say my grinder. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say at least two. Um, well, Which is pretty good for, yeah. for any movie, sadly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was going to say for 1935, then I'm like, or 2021. <laughs> right. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I think if, I mean, well, I mean, we think Colin Clive is bisexual, possibly gay, but his character I don't think is gay. I don't think Henry Frankenstein is meant to be thought of as gay. Or am I crazy? Mm, I don't no, know. I think, I think he's choosing to spend all his time with the dude in the basement, um, with his bro working on a secret project. Yeah, um, but that, but he's he's driven to that because he they, his bride to be has been held hostage. Okay, first of all, let's be very clear that the, the amount of arm twisting that happened on that score was extremely minimal. He's like, oh, no, don't hurt her. I'll do anything you ask. He doesn't care about her. I read that I read that as like, uh, if I don't have to enter into this marriage of convenience, I'll be all right. Let me just... Uh... Yeah, because Pretorius and Frankenstein seem like, oh, Pretorius seemed to be like grooming Frankenstein. Like He was his teacher in college, his teacher, I guess. Yeah. I had some sort of like power play, sexual, there's definitely a sexual dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. And Pretorius is obviously jealous. Yeah. And right. uh, Frankenstein ain't doing much. He, he spent his whole time in a lab building a big, strong man. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so what do you want to give this for gay actors playing gay roles? I think 10. I think 10. Uh, I'll give it, uh, well, there's just the, I think like, just seven considering like what we've <laughs> the the <laughs> desert we're living in uh yeah i'm gonna give it a 10 because there's two is amazing to me giving it an average of nine which is the highest we've had trouncing mean girls <laughs> only as a seven all right next category i want that mashup <laughs> right that mean girl could also be the name of this movie um themes of mothers I'm sure this in themes of what well, if you think mothers like creation, maybe like creation itself. Yeah, you got the yeah. you got Mary Shelley setting it up as the mother of this story. Um, <laughs> right. 
she and there's even like a lewd comment that um, Lord Byron says about open up your pits of hell, which um, <laughs> hell is if if my English uh, uh, studies days still holds true is like a Shakespearean euphemism for the vagina. Um, oh. So so yeah, I think there's like a maternal thing happening there. And um, again, if we're looking at the the doctor and and Doctor Pretorius as these queens making a making a person together. Um, they're pretty motherly. Um, a modern family. Sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so I give it an eight because there are themes of motherhood. They're just very, very weird. Well, it's the queer version. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so John, what are you going to give it? Uh, I think it's not so mothery to me. So I'm going to give it a two. Your mother didn't make you in a lab out of corpses? That's she weird. did not, no. Um, I'm good. Uh, I'll give it an eight as well. Just That's Frankenstein to me. Give it an average of six. <laughs> All right, next category. Dramatic smoking. Well, there's, there's a, a ton. I mean, there's a ton. The hermit teaches the monster how to smoke. That's true. And also, Byron in that first scene, it's very dramatic with his cigarette. Yeah, and if you count like human beings, like like physically smoking as a result of, of having been burned or emerging yeah. from a burning mill or whatever, or being struck the by lightning, soaks with Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of smoking happening. I'll, I'll give it a ten. I'll a give ten. A, a ten as well for dramatic smoking. Wow. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a ten. And then finally, the last. Don't worry, we are almost done. Uh, the last category in the bonus category, quips. How quippy is Bride of Frankenstein? The I mean, Minnie doctor... is a quip machine. Yep, that's, that's true. That's no kind of a name. Um, <laughs> Dr. Pretorius, Dr. Pretorius is very much that bitch yeah. who's gonna like- Pretty little thing say. in her way, wasn't she? <laughs> Like, she's dead. You could right. you don't need to be a bitch, honey. Right. He's raining right. her to filth. And she's right. literal filth. She is filth. Right. Yeah. She's already dead, doctor. Yeah, there's, there's some there's some good quips. Um, you know, everyone's reading the Burgomaster. <laughs> he is well done. Yeah. A nine. A nine. I'll go eight. Uh yeah, I'll go eight as well. Give an average of 8.33. All right, now we're into the iconic categories. Okay, so these, uh, we're going back from zero to 100, and these are just the bigger uh, issues, the bigger categories, sort of more umbrella categories. All right, the first one, on a scale of zero to 100, how homoerotic is Bride of Frankenstein? Some cuddles in the shepherd's cottage. Some cuddles, um, cuddles, yeah. Some, some, um, arduous labor in the laboratory um it's 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 i'd, I'd give it a, an 80 80 it's nothing like it's all more like subtextual a lot of it yeah. too you're not going to be yeah. beating off to bride of frankenstein no it's no beefcake uh, <laughs> this yeah. is not lots boys situation there's no jason <laughs> patrick here <laughs> no um but it is like very like gay and uh i'll give it a 75 75. Uh, I'm going to give it an 83 because that number sounds good to me. Giving it an average of 79.33, which is about 22 points higher than Die Hard. Wow, pretty okay. good. All right, the next one in the iconic categories, over the top wardrobe. I oh, mean, yeah. it is, it's pretty over the top. Yeah. yeah. Constantly. I mean, a bolts and a blazer. Too, too much. At the very beginning, Mary Shelley is wearing all that jewelry just to do some needlepoint. No, you didn't need that. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, um, we we've talked about minis, coffee filter, filter yeah. um, and ribbons, um, the bride's gauze, yeah. <laughs> shroud gown situation mm. flows out in a totally unnecessary. Uh, it is fun to think of like Pretorius and Frankenstein are the ones doing like giving her her look. Right. Like they're the ones who did her hair, probably. Right, right. I think we're meant to think that. The, I don't think we're meant. I think we're meant to believe that like all the electricity the lightning did, that did to it. her hair. Yes. But they weren't gonna fix. They weren't gonna change. They that. signed they off. Like, they yeah. were like, "Oh, honey, oh no, put the put, perfect, put the yeah. gun down. You're good, girl." Because there's a very clear cut, like the cut to the tableau of them all standing together. That that sort of echoes the beginning tableau of mm-hmm. Mary Shelley, echoed by the uh, Byron and Shelley. So, um, yeah, there was a cut where some work happened, where they like, "Oh, honey, you need to like stand up, get off, you know, whatever." So it's a pretty pretty good luck yeah so what do you want to give this for over the top wardrobe um 90 a 90 uh i'll give it a 94 94 uh i'll go 91 giving an average of 91.67 finally the last of the iconic categories camp factor how campy is the bride of frankenstein you can't beat this movie for campiness. It's <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absurd. It's like nobody knew what camp was, but they're doing it. Like like I feel like the the first draft of Susan Sontag's notes on camp was like originally just a like a like a link. Like go see w- go watch the Bride of Frankenstein. Your editor was like, Susan, you gotta stop sending us links. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what they are. Yeah, no you're, print these. yeah this- you're ahead of your time. It's great, but. <laughs> I don't hear a single. Um. <laughs> I also think that there's a there's a scene in Gods and Monsters where um, I think the uh, Brendan Fraser character sees is in like a public place and he's he the, the the Bride of Frankenstein is playing like in a bar or something and like people can't they don't get it like mm-hmm. the 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 people who are watching can't navigate the humor of it versus the horror of it they're like they're laughing at it they're not laughing with it so I think the campiness is part of what makes it. Um, you know, so gay and so sort of right. like, uh, not not everyone's going to get this movie and lots of people are going to look at it now and think, oh, this is a stupid old movie that tried to be scary, but is funny um, instead of a scary movie that's funny. Right, right. Yeah, there is something about like smart, like top shelf camp where it's like, this, this is for the people who know. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you don't know, you won't get it. But if you know, you're like, oh, I see what's going on here. Uh, one thing I also noticed in the credits that I thought was very funny in the closing credits at the top of the title card, it just said, a good cast is worth repeating because they had to <laughs> cast at the very beginning. They had shown everyone that they did it again. And I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I got a quick little list of campy things I noticed. Here we go. The little plane that flies around the 1930s Universal logo, <laughs> Boris Karloff being billed as Karloff, like Cher or Madonna or Syphilis, living in a time when seeing a thunderstorm was like watching the Tonys, recapping your writer's friend's book to their face, telling off the burgermaster, interrupting a woman's dinner party to bring in her dead husband's corpse, uh, using your godlike powers to create little tiny mermaids and horny royalties, pretty gay, giving a baby lamb multiple close-ups. Living in a time when soup was the only first aid you can offer, <laughs> teaching someone how to smoke, the monster wrecking a graveyard like some unruly teen, fake bats, sending your personal assistant to the accident hospital, Dutch angles, kites, the gayest flying machine, thinking you're God. And finally, the monster makes one bad first impression and then burns it all down. Um, so I think it's pretty well gay. done. Yes. Well done. 100. 
A hundred. Yeah, I'll go a hundred as well. I think you gotta given I'm also gonna get a hundred. All right, Sam. Finally, we're in the home. This is the final two. These are the crown jewel categories. So these categories are binary. It's we all agree it gets it or it doesn't. So there's no okay. uh, there's no scoring necessarily. So the first one, a 15% bonus for a positive portrayal of homosexuality. So it's positive to me. I'm sure the Legion of <laughs> the Legion of Decency or Glad. If Glad if like Glad got this on their desk today, they'd probably say no because like, you know, murder and blowing shit up is not assimilation y. But I think this is the this is the kind of queer we should all aspire to. Why do you have to break that stone wall? Why can't you just write a letter? Exactly. We should all Why be Why can we dance? <laughs> we should all aspire to be Frankenstein's monster. Because we are like rooting for him the whole the movie is clearly on the outsider's side. No one watches this movie thinking right. like, wow, that burgomaster really <laughs> yeah. you know so you're pro. You say it does get the 15% bonus. Oh, yeah. And also, it is like a gay director. And that is like mm -hmm. a cool thing in the 30s. You know what I mean? I feel. And he made a beautiful movie. That was a block. That was a box office smash. I agree with everything you said, but I don't feel like it like portrays homosexuality. It's my argument against it. I don't know. I think it does as well as it could for 1935. Like, it's all there. There's two, to me, very clear gay relationships, the monster and the shepherd and Frankenstein and Dr. Pretorius, even if they're not sexual, there's like, that is like, like, and I think that's part of what made it really scary probably, like probably mm, part right, of why, yeah. it, why it resonated with audiences in spite of its <laughs> humor and campiness. It's like, they're like, what is going on? <laughs> men into men? <laughs> Where is <Well>. God? <laughs> as long as they're blind. I mean, I will vote no, but I won't be angry if it goes yes. So Mark, uh, it's up to you. Tiebreaker. I mean, I'm gonna go yes. <laughs> All righty. Giving it got it. And then finally, negative fifty percent. If this is the movie Boat Trip, this is not the movie <laughs> Boat Trip, so it will not be penalized fifty percent of its points. I don't All know right. I see this right. movie. What? I mean, obviously <laughs> no, don't. I don't. No. But... <laughs> so Sam, we're all done. How do you think, now that you have survived the scoring system, how do you think Bride of Frankenstein did? Do you think it's, where do you think it will place? I mean, I'm coming out like I was going in, like this is the <laughs> this is the business, this is the one, um, this is the one queer movie to rule them all. So I still think uh, we, are, we, are, we are talking top echelon here. All right, I will tell you exactly how you did. Out of a total possible 3,025.02 points, The Bride of Frankenstein has scored 2,812.86, giving it a percentage of 92.99%, making it the second gayest movie wow. ever. Not as gay as Female Trouble, but gayer than Death Becomes Her. All righty, very wow. nice. That's very exciting. Awesome. So two points difference between Bride of Frankenstein and Female Trouble. That I mean, feels I can't, correct. That no, actually I can't feels argue right. with that. Yeah. I was going to guess it was going to be second or third. Um, yeah. And I think that I think it's right. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so Sam, much. This was such a, for such doing a delight. Yeah, movie, this was super fun. This, this is a great. This, this was great. <laughs> it was super fun. Thank you for having me. I, I, I like a few things more than um, talking about campy shit. And <laughs> right? this was really fun. You came to the right place. This is it. 
Is there awesome. anything you like to plug, promote, or shill for at this time? Of course. I have a new <laughs> uh, I have a new novel out. I have a horror novel called The Blade Between, which um, ideally someday will be made into a movie that we can talk about yes. um, uh, and assess. But it's a super gay story, um, a, a gentrification ghost story that's sort of like needful things with whale ghosts. Wow. That's and a the, I, read, I loved pitch. it, read it. I think everybody right. should read it. Thank it you. also has a Frankenstein element, I would say. Yeah, there's lots of- This does have create, a sexy Frankenstein. Let's create monsters and they're going to be sexy and oh no, people are dying. Don't I hate when that happens with the monsters. <laughs> uh, so everybody should check that out, The Blade Between. Thank you so much, Sam. Great job. And Thank you. we'll be right back. We're back. Wow, what a shake. I wasn't expecting it to be number two until I watched it again last night with the really doing the scoring. I'm like, oh, this is really gay. It is really gay. Yeah. It's great. I watched um, it, as I said, I watched it twice and I'd even watched it back in October. And I was like, yeah, this is a really great movie. Like better than also, I think it gets credit I think for. On the 16th, it will be free. Universal is putting up all their classic monster movies up for free on YouTube. So oh, you have wow. no excuse. No excuse. Not to watch it. Mm -mm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Sam, I I've read three of his novels. Oh, yeah? And they're all great. His newest oh, one, God. Blade Between, is great. It's a fun gentrification urban noir ghost story thriller. I don't know how suited. It's like every genre. <laughs> it's great. Sexy. Those are, oh, I love all those um, buzzwords. Speaking of sexy, we got an Instagram comment. Okay, let's hear reading it. us to filth, John. Uh, Can you how dare it? they? Ah, uh, starting the new year off right. What do they say? <laughs> Croissant Laurent okay. said, "This is commenting on our Mean Girls episode. Remember that? I remember that one. Can't believe you gave an average of two point six seven on Pool Trouble when the Regina Janice feud started because of Regina's pool party." Also, Aaron finds out Regina is cheating on him because of the fake sign saying swim team practice was moved to the projection room above the auditorium. John, how do we answer this <laughs> scathing reading? We are disgusted. Oh We're goodness. disgusting. I guess we have to end the podcast is what, is what I, is, um, I think is the only solution. I think because it was they were off screen. So like pools didn't register for us. I, I, I yeah. miss the whole source of the Regina Janice fight thing. So uh, we just missed it. Sometimes yeah, I guess we, we just missed, missed it. I'm sorry. Sometimes that happens, I guess. I'm sorry, Croissant Laurent. <laughs> Croissant Laurent. That's all I can say. Uh, but a 2.67 for a movie uh, without an actual pool in it, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think, I'm sure it made up for it in other ways where we were generous and, and moments we didn't need to be. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it corrected itself? I think that's that's why there's so many categories. It all sort of like works out, I think, eventually. So it tends to happen. It all becomes a, a blended pudding. Exactly. Everything's just gray at the end, really. Yeah. In the end, isn't everything just gray mm. and meaningless and bland? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. We'll, we'll try to do better in, in, in the future. Yeah. I don't know if like giving in an extra five points would have made such a huge difference. Yeah. Where's Mean Girls anyway? And the, what number is that? 25. No. 25. It's right behind Mean in St. Louis. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. It should not, mean Girls should not be above me in St. Louis. So I think I'm okay with it. 
the Gen Zers are now they're going on to TikTok right now, John. Oh dear. Which have your nephew tell you about so that you can then you'll be outraged. <laughs> then I'll be worried. Oh no. Yeah. Uh uh, speaking of TikTok and things not to be worried about, that didn't work. Um, no. But we got some and reviews. you make fun on of my transitions. <laughs> <laughs> my segues. I don't. I celebrate your segues. Mm -hmm. You just oh. interpret them as an attack. Uh, I, there's a tone. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like it when I accuse you of having a tone, John? It doesn't feel very good, does it? Oh, I don't know. I'm laughing. It makes me feel oh, delightful. <laughs> Uh, speaking of laughing and feeling delightful, we got some reviews on iTunes. How's that for a segue? That's uh, we got one from uh, Dinosaur84, uh, and they write, fantastic five stars. Thanks for the continuous great content. Always looking forward to the episodes. Really enjoying rewatching movies and watching movies I haven't seen, complete with the Byzantine scoring system in mind. Recommended, recommended signing up for the Two O Queens Patreon for even more great content. Uh, well, thank you very much, Dinosaur84. That was very wow, sweet. Wow, thank you, Dinosaur. We do our best. We Thanks do our for best. signing up for the Patreon, which yes. you can sign up at uh, patreon.com slash two old queens. Yes, the retirement plan. Mm -hmm. That's what it's, it's called. Fun. It's called the retirement plan, because that's, <laughs> that's that's how we're going to retire off of that. Uh, but yes, and thank you, Dinosaur, for this review. So uh, yeah, so if you get a chance, please uh, rate, review, and give us five stars. It really does help the algorithm help people discover the show. We really appreciate it. We would um, love to be new and noteworthy, although it's oh, probably too exciting. When's the last time we've been new at anything, John? Let me tell you that much. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Um, okay. Um, yeah, but you could do that. You could also, if you have any questions or you want to call us out on some of our uh, inappropriate uh, scoring, you can email us at two old queens. That's two old queens at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two old queens, two old queens. Follow me on Letterboxd, where I maintain a list of the current rankings. Yes, and we also have merch if you want to buy some uh, merch for the loved ones in your life or just for yourself because you deserve it. It's a tough time. Oh, you're enemies. some tough times, you know, uh, treat yourself to something. Uh, go to Tee Public and search for our store, Tool Queens. We've got a lot of fun stuff up there you can buy. And a percentage of uh, all of our, all the profits there, are we're donating to the Okra Project. So you're not just buying merch, you're also helping people out. Right. But if you want to help us out, there's the Patreon. You can donate five bucks, not donate, give us $5. <laughs> you get a new episode every week, or you can just do $1 just to support the show. Just we don't have ads. This nope. is it. This is it. It's just us and you guys. We're not trying to give you a mattress or some weird food delivery service. But if yeah, any of them weird. want to advertise on us, I'm sure we'd be we'd thrilled. Be more than happy Anything. To do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, the two Bonor of us pills. doing some copy, do some real like off the cuff, seems like real. We'd be great. We'd crush it. We'd be great. All righty. We'll see, see you next time. time. Stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye. Now it's time for credits. We got music by Danny Cohen. Artwork by Connie Shin. And special thanks to Alex Archer and Mike Rennie. Bye. Bye. We didn't get that right. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.